You're listening to Wonderland, episode 13, Nothing to Fear. Welcome back to another episode of Wonderland, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Aaron. And we're so happy that you joined us again as we discuss this show that has finally returned with this episode, Nothing to Fear. In which we shall count at least 37 different things to fear. <laughs> Perhaps not 37, but there are quite a few. But fear was yeah. conquered. Was it? I don't know about that. In some ways. For some people. (laughs) Because diamonds are a girl's best friend. Okay. And when Cyrus proposes to Alice, he said, you have nothing to fear anymore. And a diamond helps secure that because now she not only has (laughs) Cyrus always by her side, but she has her best friend, a diamond. Oh my gosh. But unfortunately, there weren't diamonds on the ring. So never mind. No. (laughs) This was the most boring ring ever. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's special in some way. You'd Probably. think a genie could do a little better. Maybe well, he didn't have any money, so maybe gems grow on it, and it changes gems depending on what year of marriage they're in. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be a thing for magical people. One of the things that stood out to me about this episode is no flashbacks. Oh, that's true. That Which is true. Gave me difficulty writing my notes for tonight. I I kind of liked it, not having flashbacks, because it meant we could take the story as we know it now and just move with that. I'm not expecting them to do this for every episode going forward. In fact, I expect them to still give us flashbacks because... There are only four more episodes anyway. Yeah, they, they gave us several things in this episode that we want to go back and see, and they will probably take us back to show us. True. I Although mean, maybe flashbacks came from the necklace. <laughs> They're just a symbol of our past. Now we just have a boring ring. Well, let's start with our discussion (laughs) of this episode. And by the way, if you want to comment on anything we say here, you can go to the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 13. Mistress mine, my will is thine. Tell me your wishes three. Will is the genie now. A reluctant genie. A reluctant genie. Not a very good one yet. He doesn't even know the rules. I yeah. would think that would come with the bracelets. You know? Considering he says the whole greeting impulsively without or compulsively without even being aware that he's doing it, you would think he would know the rules. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think it is cool to see him as the genie. I think he makes a fun genie because he's playing around with it and not quite recognizing the consequences yeah but yeah at the same time though because of that it resulted in some terrible things it was cool to see lizard i thought yeah "Yeah, this is this is cool lizard's going to join the team a little too much lizard to to start with but (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know why that was really necessary i don't think will did either (laughs) but i I was so excited because here's a new character or well, a character we've seen before coming back for a good purpose 
and to help end the show and be part of the end of the show. And no. Yeah. No. They didn't introduce her very much, but at least they did introduce her, which is part of, you know, planning out your show, which is a good thing. So we had seen her before. She wasn't just a brand new character of today. Yeah. And we did theorize that she uh, was potentially in love with Will. Yeah. Or liked him in some way, but just recognized that she couldn't have him or or something like that. And yeah, we certainly got to see that confirmed here. I felt like um, the whole, especially what happened to her in this episode would have been a little bit more, would have hit a little bit closer to home if we had a little bit more of her background with Nave. We've only had that one like short little part where she talked about that they ran together that was shown in the, in the recap. But other than that, it did like, she was still really new, even though we knew who she was and it provided a bit of relief, like, okay, we know who found the bottle. She's not evil. Right. Good. And then it's kind of like the whole other part of the storyline, like her being in love with him was, could have been established better in a, in previous context to make it stronger in this episode. Yeah. If they were going to give us someone's flashbacks, I think right. that... <laughs> Liz would have been the one to give right. us some flashbacks to because it was it could have been a character focused sort yeah. of thing. Like yeah. did Will give her her nickname or all kinds of things. Yeah. I feel like they had time to do that. Like this was a very to me it was a very slow episode and there was yeah some unnecessary scenes. Yeah. Like the first scene where we saw Alice and Cyrus to me was a little bit unnecessary yeah and it was a little bit confusing too because alice seemed to have forgotten things yeah right but i went back and rewatched that last scene of once upon a time in wonderland to see what it was that she actually happened like did she go unconscious or anything but she after will sacrificed himself basically mm-hmm. she uh, alice was back up understood yeah. everything what was going on and was saying we need to find the bottle where to go the, nothing about losing her memory now she right. wakes up and the only thing that we get that kind of helps cover this base is that cyrus said you were in a very deep sleep right it's almost yeah. like they were like crap we really wanted to have this tension where alice doesn't trust the queen but she should totally trust her if she remembers everything that happened so um sleep girl <laughs> and when you wake up don't trust the red queen because we want that fight yeah they they could have done that in a different way. But again, what what I think probably happened is, as happens with TV shows, where they have to fit it within a certain amount of time. Fish posh. They probably <laughs> had certain reasons for some of these things happening, <laughs> but they had to cut some of that out. I shall not accept that in this case. <laughs> you don't cut out the crucial bits. Well, yeah, but... Sometimes you might get to a point where you realize, like the producers might realize, wow, we've already filmed this. It's months later. We have uh, 10 minutes too much content here. We have to cut it. We can't refilm any of this. Because the last time they refilmed mm-hmm. something and stuck it in, we noticed. We did notice. That's true. <laughs> like Hook and Cora. Yeah. Just saying, there are ways of compacting your story. In yeah. fact, there were a few spots in here that i may point out i may pick a hashtag in fact hashtag if i say hashtag red pen (laughs) it means that i think some of the lines should have been removed (laughs) 
Okay. Well, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Editor over there has his plan. But Alice said that her plan was find the bottle, save the knave, and leave Wonderland. Sounds like a reasonable plan. Sounds like what she's been doing for weeks. It does make except me, for the knave part. It does make me wonder, though, where would she go? Where would they go if they leave Wonderland? London. I the Enchanted Forest. <laughs> I, I do wonder, will they leave Wonderland and then show up in Once Upon a Time? That That'd be, be weird. Cool. I would like it. Yeah. I do wonder how she is so optimistic that they're just going to save the knave when she spent all that time trying to figure out how Cyrus could be free from the bottle. Like, she's very aware of the rules of the bottle. She knows it has to have a genie in it. So... I'm just, I'm curious what her plan is going to be. Does it have to? She said that in this episode. Oh, oh I yes. missed that both times. But <laughs> Will doesn't have his heart. So could the fact that he doesn't have his heart somehow be his escape? Like, I think what, he could just be known as the heartless genie. What if, what if when he gets his heart back, because we know that's probably going to happen. One some would point. think. When he gets his heart back... Because his heart wasn't cursed to be part of, in the genie, but the rest of him was. Maybe when he gets his heart being the, well, heart of him, maybe that will (laughs) then free him from the curse and just destroy the genie bottle. Like the bottle rejects him as having a heart transplant? Yeah. And kicks him out? Yeah, exactly. Mm. That could could work. Like, it's almost like tricking the bottle. That would be weird and stretchy, but I can see it happening. (laughs) (laughs) There are some things in this show that are a little weird and stretchy. It's true. Even for a show about fairy tales. It's true. (laughs) Well, one of the cool things to see is the development of Anastasia's character. Yeah. And uh, resetting, in a way, her moving back to who she was. Even like when she was with the crowd of people, she said, once upon a time, I was... A little (laughs) title there. Yeah. um, (laughs) Even then, she was saying, I, I was just like you. And right. the way she's talking is changing. And uh, Obi's girl had also noticed this and sent in this little voicemail about the accent. Hello, Daniel. It's Obi's girl. No, long time. No voicemail. But um, I like the last um, Wonderland episode. I noticed in the beginning, um, the Red Queen, like her, I don't know if you noticed, but her accent was different it it, she sounded i thought it was like a fluke at first but then it kept on happening throughout the episode her accent was different from her royal regal voice as the red queen it was she sounded more like will more i think it was like cockney or something like that but it was just a little interesting observation there anywho can't wait to listen to the podcast bye yeah, I'd agree. There is a little bit of change in her voice, in her mannerism. Well, some of her mannerisms. Well, she goes back and forth. <laughs> I think she actually did it more a while back, but I can't remember what episode that was. Mm-hmm. It was when we really figured out their whole backstory. Particularly in the flashbacks, she spoke differently. Yeah. Yeah. And she's going back to that a little bit, I think, as she is becoming a little more natural. But she still has some of her 
royal mannerisms, like not wanting to walk through the mud. Right. <laughs> well, who does really? I loved that the guys who kidnapped her used her own language against her because they were like, <laughs> darling. <laughs> I Back to the scene where just before she was kidnapped or while she was being kidnapped, actually, when Alice and Cyrus were talking Alice seems to not want Cyrus to know that she was imprisoned. Well, they both were kind of, I think, trying not to spoil the moment. Yeah, that's true. They were both like, I can't imagine what you must have gone through. And they're kind of like, well, you know, stuff. Um, We need to catch up. Let's yeah. talk when we're alone. <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. Let's make the entire rest of the day about how much we just want to be alone. That's kind of what they said. Yeah. And I well, could. He s- wanted to propose. Well, that's true. And I could see some of that maybe being that Alice didn't want to give Anastasia any kind of satisfaction knowing what kind of torment Alice went through mm. when she left Wonderland. True. True. It does, though, seem like Anastasia would actually feel a little bit bad about it now that she's changing a bit. If she did hear what happened. Yeah, except that Alice doesn't believe she's changing. Alice is skeptical this whole episode really yeah Yeah. and those village people are ninjas because (laughs) dang how did they not a scream not a scuffle not a sound and she's gone i think they knocked her out though maybe didn't she wake up later yeah she did seem a little bit dazed when Mm. they were talking about how the diamond will feed all of them for weeks or the ruby i've never eaten a ruby but i don't think they're pretty tasty Mm. delicacies in some lands and she was, yeah, she seemed, she was asking, where am I? Who are all of you? And You people. Yeah. <laughs> where are the bad teeth crew? But one of the things here to point out is that she did not try to say, no, I didn't abandon you or blame it on anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. She is accepting responsibility and she is responsible for that. She has no defense against that. She has been a horrible ruler and very, very selfish, really just like a little girl. I thought the creatures selfish little girl. That is not, I'm not saying like all little girls are selfish, but I'm saying she was behaving childish and selfish. selfish. That's what I mean. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So they, they mentioned more than once creatures invading their villages, looking for food or ruling their fields or things, which I thought was interesting. Did they only mean the Momraths or were there other things? And how was this new, a new threat under her rule? Well, we did see in the pilot, the Cheshire cat was saying that it's a new wonderland and I, th- I think he alluded at least to that food was harder to find. That's why he was going to eat Alice. Yes, that's right. right. So I was just I think trying to figure that, that whole thing out. That's probably, I don't know how it's under her rule or how she did it, but it's definitely been a theme before this episode. Because I would find the story of the whole land rather interesting, but so far we're not getting a whole lot of that. So I hope we do. I hope it's not just hints in the background of... You know. And if we do, you know who has to be in that episode. Yes. Yes. You. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Cora. Cora. Hershey. Yes. Yeah. I'm very confused about the rulership of 
of Wonderland, and I guess the timeline would help. But if the White King was ruler when Anastasia got there, I'm guessing that Cora was there as well. So had she not come to power yet? Like, I'm wondering if it went like White King and then Cora took over and then Anastasia won it back. I'm wondering how that well, happened. Or maybe there's two halves and Cora, the Queen of Hearts, reigned one half and the White King reigned the other. But they definitely refer to Jafar as the ruler of Wonderland as right. in one over all of the land. Right. But there, you're right. There could have been more than one over different areas at different times. Yeah. There was a very, very, very small reference to the Queen of Hearts in this episode. Was there? Yes. <laughs> it was actually in reference to Alice in Wonder, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, the original book by Lewis Carroll, when in the village, when the knave was all happy and saying, oh, this is just so much fun being a knave, he alluded to <laughs> stuff that he'd been told before. And that was... He said something like, no more, don't steal the tarts, knave. Off with your head, knave. <laughs> I, didn't even, and, I didn't even realize that. And we've talked about this before. Aaron, you brought this up before about uh, the knave of hearts was known from the story as stealing tarts. And here's where it actually says in um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, the knave of hearts is brought into a trial and uh, for, he's accused by the white rabbit. And this is what the white rabbit says the queen of hearts she made some tarts all on a summer day the knave of hearts he stole those tarts and took them quite away <laughs> cora doesn't strike me as a big baker <laughs> <laughs> well when you've lost your daughter you've got to find a new hobby i guess so. awesome decapitating and stealing hearts is apparently not fulfilling enough. Yeah, and chronologically, Cora was the first one we know of who is saying off with their heads. Yes. True. That's also true. So that was tiny, tiny, like I said, tiny <laughs> little reference to the Queen of Hearts. Speaking, I like it. Speaking of the ruler of Wonderland, I couldn't figure out Jafar walking into the palace and yelling, I'm the new ruler of Wonderland. It's like, <laughs> who are you? That's not even your endgame. What are you doing right now? Are you just having I'm king of the world moment? I, yeah, I don't even know who he was yelling to. Maybe his father in the cage. I could totally picture the Aladdin cartoon version of Jafar doing that. <laughs> Because that's what he was after, right? He wanted to be the sultan. Well, that's true. Wonderland is under new management and new decor, <laughs> too. Did you notice the floor? No. The, oh. um, the camera, just as it showed Jafar walking yeah. through the palace or castle, which, by the way, must have been rebuilt since he blew it oh, up yeah. previously. Hello. Oh. The floor is different now. And now, instead of... I think a lot of things would be different. Instead of what it had before, which was a very red theme, this time... It has an icon of an eye, which looks very much like different renderings of the all-seeing eye. That so wasn't there you... before? No, it wasn't. Because <laughs> I've tried to look this up before, and I don't remember why now. It's also sometimes called the eye of providence, by the way, or eye of God. Huh. Because, yeah, I definitely have done research on that. Typically, I'll describe it for you. Typically, it's the basic eye 
look or symbol shapes inside a pyramid triangle with light beams coming out of it. And there are many different versions. Some of them are just the eye with rays of light coming all around it. Some of them are the eye in the pyramid. Some are all of these things together. And I'll have a link in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 13 to the Wikipedia entry for this so you can see some of the different versions of the all-seeing eye. Or if you want to do this, just pull out a single dollar bill from your wallet and look at the back in that pyramid. The top part of the pyramid on the back is, yeah, the American $1 bill. Uh, The top part of that pyramid is also the all-seeing eye. So you've got it right there, and you may have never realized it. There's also a spider on the dollar bill, if you, in case you want to try and find it. I'm wondering how long Alice was asleep for, if Jafar has already rebuilt the castle, transported his prisoner there, and is now having the I'm the ruler of Wonderland party. Yeah, true. It does all seem pretty fast. But he is magical. But the impression yeah. I got from looking at Will's timeline here is that this is all happening pretty quickly. Like Will washed up on that shoreline of the creek and was only there for maybe a few hours. Right. I'm not sure how things inside the palace survived, such as Tweedle's head. The thing pretty well blew up. And yet yeah, there's everything. Didn't, He's didn't Jafar back have him? Uh, didn't he get sent to Jafar oh, by the Red Queen? No, it was when Jafar came there. in looking for the queen. Right. He saw the oh, box right. there and some of the other uh, attendees ran away and he went to the box and the best line from Wonderland. <laughs> I think she's on to us. <laughs> I don't know. He did a really, he did a really funny line today when he picked up the head. I just can't remember what it was. <laughs> oh, hoping that you can come back up ahead or something. Yeah. Yeah, Jafar's line. Uh, I'd say it was a knee slapper if he still had a knee. (laughs) He got a new one, though. Yeah, I expect him to kind of look at himself and say, like, oh, I like my new body. Oh, awkward. (laughs) Is he now, okay, did they, they pretty much made him the same height he was, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, because it's really difficult to actually put an actor's head on a new body. But now he's got this really right. cool armor, and he's probably stronger and maybe like more warrior-like. He might get tired just mentally because he doesn't really know how to move all that around. True. What happened to Tweedledee, like the other one? Uh, he got boring, so they just stopped writing. Him. Okay, I, I can remember <laughs> if he died or something. Well, he no, he didn't, but he was pretty much following. Anastasia around the last time that I remember seeing him was when he told Anastasia that his brother had been up to some bad dealings. I think that was the last time that we saw him and we haven't seen him since then. I'd imagine at some point in the next four episodes that we will see him again. Like Anastasia will find him wandering in the woods and then he'll help the rest of them to do the right thing and make Dr. Laura proud. What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I can picture that he like ran away after telling her that. So that, that would make sense if they do find him. So one of the things back with our Alice and Cyrus group, one of the things that really interesting came out from this is we got a little bit more of Cyrus's backstory in yes. this conversation as they made this little magic location spell. And later on, when they talk about the other bottles, what we know so far is that 
Cyrus's mother died a long time ago, and she gave him that uh, watch that he was using, or compass. And now we know that his mother taught him and his brothers some basic spells. So maybe she was magical, or maybe she knew just some basic spells. And that Cyrus and his two brothers were cursed at the same time into the bottles as genies. They didn't clean their rooms. (laughs) (laughs) They were disobedient. So now they have to obey other people forever. Not really. So those things make me think that we're definitely going to see a backstory. Maybe the last episode. Maybe. Maybe. I don't I do know. feel like we have to get one, though, for sure. Aaron, what are your thoughts on what we now know of Cyrus? Um, I did some... I was just trying to relate that, what we know about him, to a fairy tale. Um, I think just because in Once Upon a Time, everybody's actually a fairy tale character. But here, I guess not everybody is. Like We still haven't figured out who Anastasia is. But um, there are tons of fairy tales that have three brothers or three sons in them. Uh, None of them end up with um, any of the sons being cursed. It's kind of um, even like the three brothers from the Harry Potter series um, came to mind just because there's three of them, but most of them are just tales of they're on some quest and the youngest one's always the smartest and always fulfills (laughs) fills the quest uh in some way but so there are like there's one called the three brothers which is a grim fairy tale and the three sons of fortune which is a grim fairy tale the water of life um and then also the frog princess uh the original russian fairy tale has three brothers in it as well which i didn't know um originally knowing that tale um but there doesn't seem to be I, i googled like three genies anything about genies and fairy tales and brothers and there doesn't really seem to be much so it's possible that like anastasia perhaps they're just taking some making up new people that don't come from a fairy tale past i wonder if there being three brothers and three genies is why jafar needs them and he's always specifically needed them because they're brothers Because remember, that book that Amara had was everything they needed to know about genies and everything, all of the world's knowledge about genies. Yeah. It's interesting. They made that book available to us. We would probably have better (laughs) opinions. It's almost frustrating because in Once Upon a Time proper, obviously, we've seen another genie, and I highly doubt he's one of these. He could be, but I doubt it. Right. Especially since he is elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So he can't be in Jafar's possession, as far as we know. So... And for three brothers to be cursed to become genies makes me think that the population of genies is not a set thing. Like, there are only three genies, or only one, or anything like that. But it could be that it fluctuates a little bit. Like maybe it's possible to kill a genie. <laughs> maybe someone can be turned into a genie right? when uh, when there wasn't one before. Yeah. So a new genie is created. And maybe that's what happened with the three brothers. Or maybe it was something like maybe the mother was a genie somehow. And she had three sons. 
and her curse was that uh, her sons would become genies, something like that, maybe. Mm, maybe. Yeah. I'm just it, saying that book had better have talked about other genies if it has all the knowledge all of all the genies. Well, yeah, and I think it would then. And maybe that's why Jafar has gone after these specific three, is maybe Amara and Jafar learned that these are the three most powerful ones because they have this bond, or maybe because there are three genies that have a blood bond, bringing all three of them together gives you something even more powerful. Yeah. That would make sense with other, um, well, I didn't, I wasn't going to bring this up yet, but I later want to talk about just a parallel between this show, something that was said and the show charmed, um, which Zach Estrin, who was one of the creators of this show, one of the writers and producers was also the a writer and producer on Charmed, so he could be getting uh, some similar ideas from it. The The whole idea of Charmed is that those three witches are the most powerful because they're sisters. Um, so they're always the most mm-hmm. powerful when they're sisters, and that's, that's a theme kind of throughout that show that um, all of these, the evil, the demons and stuff, try to mimic the power they try to kind of remake it in an evil way so that they can face them, but they never can because they're never blood. They never have the blood of being sisters. Huh. Well, that would be kind of interesting. It's like, don't use all your same tricks on a different show. <laughs> Wonder Not triplets. Exactly the same. <laughs> it's like Care Bears up in here. <laughs> I wonder why did Alice's necklace start glowing so brightly at that moment? Because writing. I, <laughs> honestly, the whole necklace thing, I was like, uh, that's how it goes away. Well, there was a moment where you could see it start to glow. Yes. It's not like they just cut to the camera and showed that it was glowing, but it started to glow. And even Alice remarked that she'd never seen it glow that brightly. Yeah. I wonder, tying a couple things together here. Ha, nice pun. Tying. They were all tied (laughs) up. (laughs) We know that Alice and Cyrus are true love for each other. Yes. Alice and Cyrus were also trying to save Anastasia, which is an act of love, basically. Like, look at um, what... There's a verse in the Bible, in the Gospel of John, that says, Greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so there's that kind of love going on, and maybe. And also look at Peter Pan and, um, you know, (laughs) boy Felix. (laughs) (laughs) And how there Peter Pan brought out the point from Once Upon a Time proper that love didn't have to mean romantic love. It could also mean friendship and loyalty. Yes. So I wonder if kind of all of these different aspects of love are going on at this moment, and that's somehow making the necklace go, grow or glow brighter. But Cyrus says it will glow, and that will help them know when the other is near. Right. Maybe it was just protecting their true love because they were in danger together. That could be too. It's kind I of wondered- like it's what it needed to be at the moment. Or maybe it was made from the eyes of Momraths. And so when there were so many focused on it, it was just like, brothers, I am here. 
Oh, wait, you're eating me. I don't know. And then they ate a necklace. I don't know. I couldn't think figure it, it out. Do you think it could have been glowing to give them a way out of yeah. the situation yeah. where they would both die together? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the best thing I can come up with. It was sort of like, okay, all those creatures that have menaced the villagers for years are much more interested in the necklace. All of them. The one necklace than these other people. So I guess maybe maybe it was protecting Their the lovebirds. Love one necklace to rule them all. Yes. One necklace to bind them. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just glad they got away before it got swallowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Alice would have gotten over that. <laughs> but I did love the beautiful proposal scene. I mean, yes. fireworks by a lake and all, <laughs> all of that stuff. I mean, it makes me a little jealous that, that I couldn't have arranged that for Jenny to have a genie <laughs> somewhere who wished fireworks into existence when I proposed to Jenny. Aww. Which, by the way... We never did say here on Wonderland Podcast that Jenny has decided to step back from podcasting. Um, She just decided that she wanted to enjoy the show. She is still continuing to watch the show, but she wanted to enjoy it without podcasting with us. So we never said that here on Wonderland Podcast. But yeah, you won't be hearing her anymore. But Jenny and I do another show still about Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and it's for TV Talk. If you want to check that out, it releases the morning after the show airs, and it's very short, about 15 to 20 minutes per episode. And you can check that out at tvtalk.com and listen to Jenny and I, as well as many other podcasts there about different TV shows. And by the way, while I'm mentioning different TV shows, we just launched a new podcast about the TV show Resurrection. It's hosted by Wayne Henderson and Troy Heinrichs. And check it out over at resurrectionrevealed.com. They've already had, in their second episode, they had an, an interview with the series creator well, already, of Re- Resurrection. So check that out at resurrectionrevealed.com. And we've got other TV show podcasts, too, like Welcome to Level 7, Under the Dome, Once Upon a Time, and all of that over at noodle.mx. I, I wonder if the... The end game here for the direction that all of this is going is that maybe Will is going to remain a genie, but that he and Anastasia will still get to be together in some way. Like, he will remain her genie, because that's whose genie he is right now. Yeah, I was confused yeah. by what they were all... She was like, oops, and rubs the bottle, and they were all upset. And I was like, what else, what else were you going to do? What was the plan? Why was yeah. that not the thing anyway? I don't know if they thought... Who did they think was going to get him out? I didn't understand that. And they're kind of back in the exact same... Like, other than it's not Cyrus and Alice, now it's Anastasia and Will. They're back in the exact same situation. So it's going to be just as hard for Jafar to gain access to Will now going through Anastasia. Maybe not just as hard. She might not be quite as stubborn as Alice. But, like, she loves him and wants to be with him. She doesn't want the wishes. So it's now she's the one who has to use up all her wishes and they're kind of he Jafar is back to square one in that sense. So it was kind of a a smart move in my opinion. I wonder if there's anything she can do with her wishes, like make a wish against her wishes. There's a thing. Yeah. You can't wish for more wishes, (laughs) but what if she could wish for no more wishes? I don't know that that's, 
That would be interesting. I wonder if it would destroy her wishes, but keep him as the genie, or maybe even destroy like, or she'd it, just die because that apparently is really what happens when you don't know what you're wishing for. <laughs> is you die? Well, <laughs> he did. He did feel something for her. Yeah, that in was that so moment, death, that was. It was sad. It was, it was sad. The best. I mean, it was sad, but it was the best scene of the episode. I thought, <laughs> as, yeah. because it was sad. And he didn't even get to tell her why he couldn't feel, why he couldn't feel anything. I know. And that being because he doesn't have his heart. And it looked, speaking of that scene, like he actually, for real, cut his head possibly. When he banged it on the, that mysterious waterproof lattice (laughs) on the bottom of the bottle, it looked like his head was bloody after, and I couldn't tell if it was planned. I wouldn't it did be look like that. I saw that too. I called it out as a continuity error, but I guess if he wasn't meant to cut his head, that would make sense. <laughs> was it not bloody later? No, later when he came out of the bottle for Anastasia, he had no mark at all. So oh. <laughs> well, maybe genies heal fast too, though. Yeah, but yeah, maybe for the new master, you're back to how you should be. Did it seem to you guys that Anastasia recognized Lizard? Yeah. Yeah. And she seemed genuinely upset, so I'm not sure why she was sort of nonchalant about it later. It it makes me wonder a little bit if there's some backstory that maybe when Anastasia and Will were together, that Lizard also hung out with them a little bit. Oh, maybe. But I think that Anastasia's being willing now to stay and fight does indicate that she is going to stay and fight she's not going to run away this time even though she has the power to and she has these three wishes right i really wonder what is she going to do with those wishes because now she is jafar's target i think she's going to be the one to figure out how to beat him using the wishes Hmm. without you know killing somebody i wonder (laughs) if it will be something very similar to what will wished to end Alice's suffering, and then Will became the genie. And so, so I keep wanting to say Regina. So <laughs> Anastasia will do something, like her last wish will be something in an attempt to conquer Jafar, and that will make him the genie. It will be the cost of the magic, but a cost that they actually want paid in that way. Right. Maybe. I I feel that Jafar is going to end up being the genie. That's what I believe will happen at the end. Just because that's what happened at the end of Aladdin. Hmm. Well, let's spend some time talking about Jafar's issues that he right. <laughs> had. Well, there's a lot here to say on the Jabberwocky, which is yes. awesome. Yes. Aaron, what were your <laughs> thoughts when you heard about this? I have many thoughts about the Jabberwocky. Um, when they first, when um, the Tweedle, Tweedledum, I'm calling him, has um, first <laughs> described the Jabberwocky, um, as I mentioned earlier about Charmed, it made me think of Charmed and of Buffy, which we know, or I know, Jack or <laughs> Zach Estrin was on Charmed and Jane Espenson is from Buffy. Um, she was like a writer producer on Buffy and now she's the creator of the show. Um so there's a, an order in Buffy called the Order of Taraka, 
And they are described, um, it's from season two. Um, they're described as like, quote, they can appear as normal as the next person, just another face in the crowd. They have no earthly desire except for to collect their bounty, to find their target and eliminate it. And they won't stop coming until the job is done, which is kind of what it's very similar to how the Jabberwocky was described by, um, by the Tweedle or sorry, by the Caterpillar. Yeah. Caterpillar, not the Tweedle. Sorry. Um, cause they said it's, it's ancient magic and more powerful than an army and nothing can stop it from getting what it wants. Like once it has a target, yeah. um, and then, well, I'll talk about the charmed reference when we talk more about when we meet the Jabberwocky. Yeah. And the Jabberwocky comes from a separate poem that Lewis Carroll had written. And it was also, of course, a feature in the the movie by Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, a lot of versions yeah. of the story have featured the Jabberwocky. There's a really dramatic reading of this that you've got to check out. It's in the show notes over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash 13, so you can check it out. But I will do my attempt of doing a dramatic reading that I can copyright, <laughs> since this other one is copyrighted. So okay. you have to check it out in the show notes. This is the poem Jabberwocky. "'Twas Brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the burrow groves and the momraths outgrabe. Notice, by the way, how many things from this poem we've seen in Once Upon a Time in right. Wonderland. Yeah. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jubjub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. He took the vorpal sword in hand. Long time the manzome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree and stood a while in thought. And as in oofish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the tolgy wood and burbled as it came. <laughs> one, two, one, two, and through and through the vorpal sword went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head, he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the Jabberwock? Tonk, come to my arms, my beamish boy. O frabjous day, kaloo, kalay, he chortled in his joy. T'was brillig and the slithy toves, did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the burrow groves, and the momraths outgrabe. So there you have it. I don't quite have the amazing British accent that the other guy does in the dramatic reading that's in the show notes, but you can check that out for some more fun. <laughs> but you know what this makes me wonder is, could the sword that was inside of the Jabberwocky be the Vorpal sword? And that sword was referred to, I think, by uh, either the Caterpillar or by the Tweedle to say, it took Wonderland's most powerful magic in order to imprison the Jabberwocky. Is that sword, the Vorpal sword, Wonderland's most powerful magic? I am guessing yes. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of Jafar when she said she was going to help him. And he says, excellent. <laughs> like, what's the catch? Yeah, that, that's true. Well, he does now have this sword. So her she were you guys expecting that no mm. i for some reason and maybe some of these things are getting to be predictably unpredictable 
when he was outside dealing with the guard, I kind of looked at the tower and I just thought, Jabberwocky's a woman. I don't what? know why, <laughs> but I knew. I just, I, ah, I don't know. The way they built it up and I just, I think it was something about, it sounded terrifying, absolutely terrifying. And I thought, how... It's going to be amazing to see how they pull this off. It'll have to be big and scary. And then I just thought, "Eh." or what we don't expect, a woman. And, yep, that's what was inside. Oh, gosh. As soon as I heard the voice, I was like, yep. Except when she first started talking, I thought maybe it was Maleficent, which didn't make any sense. I thought that, too. But it would have made more sense, actually, if not for the timeline. because, Or maybe this one can turn into a giant dragon, too. Maybe that's, she gets scarier. That's what I think might happen. I have. I wonder if Jabberwocky is a shapeshifter like Maleficent. Well, she does know people's fears, and she's able to use people's fears. It seems she's able to use people's fears to. It looks like petrify them, like those right. people that were there yeah. and just rotting looked like they were not just putrefied, but maybe even petrified, petrified <laughs> from fear, <laughs> and. <laughs> We saw her starting to do some of that with Jafar. Right. Maybe part of the way that she uses fear is to embody that thing that someone fears. Right. It's kind of like, okay, people are thinking Harry Potter. There's one of the Harry Potter books and the movie has this creature. I forget the name of it. But they said, we don't actually know what this creature looks like because no one has seen it in its natural form. But it takes the form... What is it? It's a Bogart, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Humphrey Bogart. It takes the form (laughs) of the thing that you fear most. And so to different people, it looks like different things. Maybe, yeah, the Jabberwocky is like that. Or maybe this is her natural form. I would think that a woman from an 80s hairband is probably not (laughs) Jafar's worst fear. So, yes, I'd say that's at least something close. It's a natural form. I don't know if it's her actual natural form. It was pretty terrifying in and of itself. The way she kind of cracked and stuff as she moved made me think there's an exoskeleton under there. Yes, she was very <laughs> bendy. I don't know what else very, to say. Yeah, very creature-like. Which makes sense why they'd call her an ancient creature. I feel like she could have turned her head all the way around and looked at him as she walked away. (laughs) Probably. And maybe her jaw gets really, really big. Like man-sized. So, Aaron, what's with the connection here with uh, Charmed you mentioned? Yeah, so so I did not even see that Harry Potter thing that you just brought up, I think, because I was so busy thinking about how it was like Charmed. So... Um, in Charmed, there's a demon named Barbus, who is the demon of fear. And he was kind of like their nemesis for the whole series. So he was in, I think, every season at least once. Um, and basically what he did was he killed people by making them think that their greatest fear was coming to life, like was happening. So like the detectives the next day would just think that it was like that people were petrified to death, like people were scared mm. to death. Um, and his whole thing was that to conquer him, you had to conquer your greatest fear. And that was the only way that you were kind of immune to him. Um, and another theme they played with was that you can conquer one set of fears and it's just replaced with other ones. So it's not, that's kind of how they kept bringing him back. Cause every year the, the, they would have new fears, but, um, <laughs> like Wonderland talks a lot about hope and, uh, like, 
being hopeful. And this is kind of, it would put a damper on that for sure. Cause the opposite of hope is kind of fear. Yeah. And that's also in the green lantern movie, how <laughs> one of the powers that they talk about using is fear and the hunger games. Yeah. President snow has a really uh, popular line about, Katniss gave them hope and the the only thing more powerful than hope is fear to him. Or yeah, maybe I, it's opposite. I think he said he wants them to be fearful and the only thing more powerful than fear is hope. Yeah, it is a powerful force that I think will be interesting to see how we how it's used because we know there's going to be some conflict here and we're going to get to see what some of these characters fear the most. And either see it actually or see it hitting them in some way. I wonder if this, I just when you said that, when you were talking about how Alice is so apprehensive about letting Cyrus know that she was in the loony bin, <laughs> um, the asylum, sorry, um, maybe that's going to play into it. Like maybe that's going to be how he finds out from some kind of hallucination that the Jabberwocky places on her and she ends up back there. Cause you'd think that would be one of her fears. Like she didn't have a good time there. That could be. Oh, and you know, that reminds me of another movie where uh, fear was used as an object. It's the movie, the sphere, which is a kind of weird mind bending movie, but there's this sphere that sorry, spoiler, but it makes people actually materialize the things that they fear the most, whether that be sea snakes, jellyfish, fire, sugar-free gummy bears, <laughs> all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. By the way, I want to thank some people who have been awesome to us. Two people for doing two different things. Lisa Slack for donating to help make this episode of Once Podcast possible. Big thanks, Lisa. If anyone else would like to donate to episodes of Once Podcast, please go to uh, to Wonderland Podcast. Please go to wonderlandpodcast.com and you'll see the sponsorship bar on the right where you can choose to donate for an episode or several episodes. And also, I'd like to thank George19911 for <laughs> writing a kind review for us in iTunes. We really appreciate that. It helps others find the podcast and it encourages us as well. So if you haven't left a review for us, please go to wonderlandpodcast.com slash iTunes to write that review for us in iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast app is like if it's stitcher and it has a review system then i would love to see a review from you and we'd really appreciate that especially our new podcast resurrection revealed that just launched please go review it listen even if you're not interested in the show listen to an episode or two and then just write a review for it because we'd love to see that get some attention and it looks like a really interesting uh dramatic show so some cool stuff that wayne and troy will be doing over there. We would love your thoughts on each episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And the way that you can send that to us is after the episode and before we record our thoughts on Sundays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash live, send us your feedback by emailing it with the title of the episode in the subject line to feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or call and leave a voicemail at 903 231 22 
888-528-2821. Or you can go to wonderlandpodcast.com or on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right through the website. And please check out the other stuff that we're doing. You can join us in the forums. You can listen to our Once Upon a Time podcast. You can listen to other podcasts that we do. You can comment on the show notes to discuss what we shared in this episode and add some extra thoughts by going to wonderlandpodcast.com slash 13. Aaron, Jeremy, we've got four episodes left. And these will be back-to-back, so we've only got four more weeks of this. And some some things will be coming, some surprises probably. We do now have the list of all of the remaining titles. If you want to check those out, we have that list in the forums section. But we kind of consider those spoilers. So where do you think this is going from here? We've got the Jabberwocky with this weapon of fear, Jafar... Uh, is still on the loose, or he'll, maybe he'll just be hanging out in the castle. And Will, Anastasia, Cyrus, and Alice are all together. They're going to find the rabbit, probably, and try to look for the heart. So what do you think is going to happen in the next episode? Like, oh. you can just give me one scene <laughs> suggestion. I know that's a big question. I think we need to find out Cyrus's backstory. It would be nice if that was sooner rather than later. I wonder if we're going to see at some point Jafar's father maybe sacrifice his life. Because that's something that I keep I keep seeing, and we keep seeing Jafar's father. And it kind of seems like, okay, they've made the point with him. What more is there to do? Because obviously he's not going to give Jafar what he wants. I'd like to see them die together. <laughs> It's that such, won't happen in the next episode, but it's very complex that that relationship. I don't know which one of them to dislike the most. Yeah, because Jafar's father at times seems so wise, yeah. kind, and friendly, and then he says things like, "I wish I held you under the water longer." Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, you were so nice just a minute ago. Yeah, he's got problems. It almost makes me wonder whether he's helping Cyrus. Because it's the right thing to do, or whether he's, or like when he was helping him, or whether he's just doing it to defy Jafar. <laughs> like, I don't think he has a very nice bone in his body. It just seems like it because the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I guess. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear your feedback on this. So please send us your feedback and follow us on Twitter. The show is on Twitter at wonder podcast and you can follow each of us i'm daniel j lewis follow me on twitter at the roman noodle i'm jeremy laughlin you can follow me on twitter at phlegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n and i'm aaron and you can follow me on twitter at aaron j cruz and until next time i'd prefer to take my chances with the homicidal maniac with the snake stick and thanks for listening
Wonderland Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to be one of them, then please go to wonderlandpodcast.com slash sponsor. Hi, Wonders. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Wonderland Podcast. Season 1, Episode 10, Dirty Little Secrets, is directed by Alex Zawarski and written by Adam Nussdorf and Rena Mimon. According to the ABC official press release, in flashback, Cyrus's actions lead to a fateful day that leaves his mother near death, resulting in a decision that comes with a binding price he and his brothers have to pay. Meanwhile, banding together, Alice, Cyrus, the Knave, and the Red Queen split up into two groups that leaves the Knave and the Red Queen face-to-face with the fearful Jabberwocky. And Cyrus's guilt about his past tests his relationship with Alice. Guest starring in this episode include Peter Surgent as Jabberwocky, Zalukia Robinson as Amara, and Ben Cotton as Tweedle number two. Unfortunately, that's all I have for you today. There wasn't much out there on the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 